0: To another episode here, of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, from the side. Joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, we actually were on somebody else's podcast last night. Yeah, so we, we were. We were sort of like already in the thick of things. Like we didn't have any episodes earlier this week because, uh, you know, apologies, You with the, you, with the you know immune system of an infant sort of <laughs> leading to another I, illness. I, I, I
1: were not I warned you, I warned our listeners, if my kids get something, I'm going to get something. And apparently one of my students had an ear infection because, uh, yeah, I've literally, it still sounds like everything is underwater right now, but mm-hmm. we're going to try this. And uh, yeah, if I, if I'm speaking a little too loud, uh, that's why. So if it's going to be an interesting experience.
0: Well, the beauty of editing is I can sort of lower your volume in case you oh, are Oh, thank shocked. God for that. <laughs> like, so We should be okay on the audio front. But yeah, in case you missed us, we apologize for that. Tad apologizes for that for sure. And yeah, no, we I definitely don't. got some. Don't, don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> So, we got a great episode for you here today. And definitely, you know, we definitely want to highlight our great sponsors at Bet Online because they remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs this entire season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends all at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MLB, MMA, esports, tennis boxing, golf, I mean you name it, you can bet on it on Bet Online. So head to Bet Online today on your computer or mobile device and join and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code believe, that's capital B L E A V, and once again, you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is believe, capital B L E A V, and you can receive your rewards. Bet Online where the games start. So I know the viewers out there missed us. Some of the listeners out there missed us, of course. So we're going to come to you with a great episode today. Tad, what's happening next week?
1: Battle uh, Hawks next game.
0: <laughs> well, that's actually happening as, you know, recordings going and, on right now.
1: Next game. Next game after <laughs> next that. Next game
0: for sure. But there's a bigger NFL event, I should probably say, more specifically is happening Thursday through Saturday. Next no year Thursday through Sunday, I should say specifically.
1: Yeah, it is Thursday through Sunday. It is the NFL combine, which, okay. Hot take here. I'll be interested to hear your opinion on this. I honestly think the NFL combine is a little overrated. Now that's not important. Don't get me wrong. Cause we're about to spend the next 30 minutes talking about it. So it's <laughs> very, very important. But I do think teams put a little bit too much stock in this. While I was doing research on this episode, I looked into the bench press record holders. None of them really stood out as NFL players. So this is still, but in a weird way, it makes it still an important event because, you know, it will trick some teams into a
0: bus prospect. I think the big thing with the combine is it really helps those sort of Lesser known prospects really make a name That's for themselves true. because obviously the big names, you know, your Tyree Wilson, your Bryce, I go negative, you go
1: positive. I love it.
0: <laughs> your B. Shawn Robinson, it's like all these guys already have I mean, yeah, submitted themselves Robinson. as being mm-hmm. good prospects that teams are already looking at them. They have them high on their draft boards. It's for those other guys, like, you know, your Billy Emmy out of San Jose State, your yep. Evan Hall out of Northwestern, your Cody Mock. I know a lot of people sort of mentioned him out of North Dakota State, but to see him at the next level doing these drills. I mean, that's really going to cement a lot of positive things or possibly negative things for lots of these scouts and GMs that are at the Combine. So it's like I agree with you. You shouldn't take too much stock into the Combine. But I think the biggest thing is just like, yeah, some of those prospects where it's like, oh, I never heard of this guy before. And then all of a sudden you see him run the gauntlet as a receiver. You're like, oh, this guy's got sensational hands. I'd love to see him on my favorite team. Right. sort of thing. So I think, yeah, it's like you got to take it with a little grain of salt for sure. And, you know. I went negative
1: Nelly, so let me go positive as we go into the episode. But positive uh Pete, you know, what
0: is it? Was it called? I don't know. <laughs>
1: I have zero I positive Pete. What the hell is that? I don't know. It? I just came is up it, with the name with Pete. <laughs> is it like Pete the pirate from uh, dodgeball? Like I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, great character, by the way. But um I, a lot of people forget this. Chris Johnson was a borderline first round candidate. And then he ran at the time a record breaking 40 yard dash time. And that's what solidified him. That's why Mm -hmm. the Tennessee Titans took him and we got CJ2K out of that. And yes, like that was a very short lived, you know, kind of high stint, but still like he brought the Titans to a potential, you know, AFC uh, representative in the Super Bowl. So I really do think that, yes, while the combine, maybe scout's read into it a little too much i you you are totally right because uh chris johnson where you go to school
0: oh that was easy eastern carolina damn it talking about pirates he was a pirate <laughs> yeah oh there we go full circle first tying it circle. all together it. baby oh that was great
1: that was that that's narrative beauty right there but uh exactly like it's a good chance for small school guys to really make a name for themselves and there are going to be guys that you know hey you remember you're working on it i'm working on it there are a lot of guys that we need to watch tape on leading yeah. up into april and these this is a chance for me to go I've never heard of that guy. I need to start watching his tape. So th- while there are negative aspects to it, Combine is a great opportunity at the same time.
0: It's just crazy how like-minded we are, because as my transition point, I was going to ask you, where did CJ2K go to school? <laughs> 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 Would you there beat me you. to it. You oh. beat me to it. How about that? I love it, though. I love it, Let me think of sort of school
1: guy while you, while you buffer.
0: <laughs> so as Tad already talked about it's sort of presented here as what our episode is here today, Combine six week. So we're going to be talking about a couple of guys here, each of us, one on offense, one on defense, that we think can really use the Combine as sort of like a launching point for their draft stock. Again, you know, really solidify them as a potential like, you know, day two pick or a day one pick. It could sort of re-ass uh, redefine the fact that it's like, you know, they could sort of adjust the positional rankings depending on what positions they play. I mean, just really just, you know, up their stock and a really big showing here. Because like I said, everybody's going to be at the Combine. This is one of those things that I know we said that you shouldn't take too much stock into it, but there's a lot of teams that do. So, yeah, if you have an impressive showing at the Combine, this can really help some of these players here to either solidify their draft status or, like I said, reshuffle the positional rankings, maybe, and sort of put them up a little bit higher.
1: So, real quick, only in the last 15 years, only one player has benched more than uh, 45 reps at 225 at the Combine. His name is Steven. I'm probably mispronouncing this. Steven Paella. Where did okay. he go to school?
0: No idea. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I know. Oregon State. Ah, damn it. Yes. I think I know damn exactly who you're talking about. Defensive tackle it. out of Oregon State. Yes. Yes. I, 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 the name is sort of coming back to me now. Yeah.
1: Do you realize how smart we'd be if we don't like dedicate this knowledge, this useless knowledge that we have to other things?
0: There's a fun in that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good
1: point. Anyway, carry on.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to bring up a couple players here. So, Tad, I mean, let's just sort of jump right into it. Who's a guy that you think, with the combine on the horizon here, horizon, excuse me, if he has an impressive showing, that could sort of, like I said, cement him as being one of the premier at his position? Or, like I said, improve his draft stock where he could go a little bit higher than where some people are sort of projecting him to go in the draft? I don't think he's going to go higher, but I love that word you just used. I love it.
1: Cement his position. And the first player I want to talk about is Tyree Wilson, who, you know, some Mm. people call him defensive lineman. I think he's more of an edge rusher to be uh, perfectly honest. I think if you put him as a true defensive end, he's going to be fine, but he won't be great. And I, I, here's why I love that word. Cement is because I've seen mock drafts that have him as high as five. Yeah. other mock drafts that have him as low as 17, you know, low as 17. This guy's going to be a first rounder either. Yeah, like un- unless he gets hurt mm-hmm. in some you know weird way, he's going to be a first rounder. It's just a question of where, and I'll get into why he's kind of all over the place in a bit. But with a good performance next week, he could really, really prove that like, hey, no, I deserve to be in the top 10. So let's talk a little bit about Tyree Wilson. He is an edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Uh, I mean, his measurables are insane. 6'6", 270 pounds. He has all the physical attributes to be a successful edge rusher. But here's where the concern is. And this is always where my concern is with edge rushers ever since Aaron Curry is he is just so physically dominant. Well, because I, I, I was right there in the Mel Kiper camp. I saw you yeah. laughing at me with that. I was right there in the Mel Kiper camp. of like, he's a not, he's a can't miss can't uh prospect. He is so good. Well, the thing I didn't realize about Aaron Curry is just because he was bigger, faster, stronger than everyone in the college level. Yeah. But the problem is when you make that change to the, uh, and Vernon Golson is another great example of this is when you make that transition to the NFL, where, Everyone is also bigger, faster, stronger. You tend not to be as good because they all three of them had the same complaints. The technique needs some work, but the all the physical attributes are there. Now, granted, a lot of people were saying the same thing about Khalil Mack. So mm-hmm. it's always just it's it's a gamble. It's always a gamble there. So I think that Tyree Wilson is a very interesting prospect that probably will go in the top 10 but we can eliminate that probably if he performs well at the combine because some of the biggest complaints about him is he really lacks uh top end speed as an edge rusher and his agility is a concern because like i said he lacks that technique he doesn't do a whole lot of work with his hands so if he excels at the those bag drills in case you don't know there's a drill where defensive linemen like literally like do rip moves and like swim moves and they do all that stuff and i did look it up apparently this drill does not have a name because i spent like at least an hour and a half (laughs) trying to research this goddamn drill name and it does not exist um literally all the articles i found was like well this drill i'm like well what's the drill's name but that's besides the point But so if he does well in those drills, and it is funny because you're like, well, that sounds easy. Like I've we have seen players literally like fall on their faces during this drill. Like it is very easy to look very slow during this drill. The 20 yard shuttle. That is another uh, important drill to show off his agility because uh, he's going to kill the bench press. He's going to kill you know, his measurements. He's going to do well in some areas, but can he do well overall? And if he nails all that, he will absolutely solidify or, as you said, cement his status as a top 10 pick. So this is – and you may go, well, what's the difference? 17, 9, what's the difference? That's about a $10 million difference there. On the rookie pay scale, so this is a big, big weekend for him. Another thing I want to say is that, like I said, with that that forty times, so some projections I've read, he's a, expected to land in the four eight area if he can somehow. And I know this this is a massive jump, but if he can land in the low four seven, it's a it's a Vince Carter dunk contest. <laughs> it's it's over. It's over. Like he is solidified as a top ten pick. People. NFL teams love athleticism, so that's why the combine is so big for him, because if he can show off overall, that's the key, because he's athletic in some areas, but not in others, so if he can show off overall athleticism, this dude will make
0: literally tens of millions of dollars for himself. Yeah, I think that's the big thing when it's like you have such a range where it's like, you know, you're possibly yes. going in the yeah, top range, you're possibly a top five pick. And then you're possibly a middle of the first round pick, maybe even sliding into the 20s, possibly depending on how it all plays out. Right. It's like these are the sort of steps that you sort of need to take to sort of like make sure that people understand that. Oh, yes, I am worthy of a top five pick or, you know, if you don't have a good showing, then it's, you know. You're gonna be in the middle of the first round, so yeah, having a good performance here at the combine is important for a lot of players. And yeah, a guy like Tyree Williams, uh, Tyree Wilson, excuse me, he's competing with guys like Miles Murphy. I'm hearing things mm-hmm. about Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, apparently rising up the boards. So like, you hear some of these other names sort of creeping in there. This is a good chance to make yourself like, no, I am the king of the Edge Mountain. I'm gonna stay here. I should be the first one gone.
1: And I have perfect examples of, you know, both players at the end of the spectrum. Andrew Thomas, a lot of people were not expecting him to go in the top 10. The dude, if I'm not mistaken, went number four overall to the mm-hmm, Giants mm-hmm. because he just showed well and he tested well throughout yeah. the draft process. Now, some can argue if that worked out well or not. He, it, I, I think the case, you know, is it's still out there. He's still yeah. making this case. He's solid up great um another perfect example of this derwin james i was sitting there during that draft being like i cannot believe this guy is falling because you know he didn't test so well a lot of those medical things didn't work out so you just see what these like freak athletes where people acknowledge they are freak athletes but there's just these tiny draft things that would w- like because derwin james went what number 18 overall it was somewhere in the middle of the first. yeah. It was 18 or 19, 18, something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like these small things or these performances can literally go take you from
0: five to 18. It is crazy how impactful these performances are. Yeah, 100%. So, my guy, I'm actually going to stick at the defensive end slash edge okay. position here. I'm going to go with Isaiah Foskey, the guy out of mm. Notre Dame. So, very similar to Tyree Wilson. He sort of has a little bit of a larger range, though. It's like I'm seeing him fringe end of the first round, possibly going on day one. I'm seeing a lot of day two, or early day two, but then I'm also seeing possibly that he could slip possibly to the very early parts of the third round. So he has a wide range here as far as where he could possibly go because there's a lot of good talent there at the edge class. So. I mean, once again, we're just sort of saying here where it's just like showing up at the combine and having a good performance at all the drills and, you know, at the 40 and all of that can sort of cement whether, where you are going to go when it comes to the draft overall? So, I mean, the guy's impressive. He's had double digit sacks in his last two seasons at Notre Dame. He's a very effective pass rusher. He also set the Notre Dame all time sack record in in a career. So, I mean, he definitely has that. He's definitely showing it there. He's. The biggest thing with Fosky that I'm seeing, though, it's a lot of raw athleticism. So he's got a lot of mm-hmm. good pass rush yeah, moves, absolutely. but it doesn't always translate every single time. And especially when you get to the next level, you can't be a one-trick pony. You got to have multiple ways to sort of get after the quarterback, beat your offensive lineman, beat your um, one-on-one matchup every single time. Like there's a reason some guys uh, flame out really quickly, and some guys can go on to have 15, 20-year careers because of the fact that they're able to develop and learn more and just adjust their pass rushing abilities and another thing that sort of hurting him doesn't have the best run defensive <laughs> fundamentals there. So it's like he's got a little bit of a, you know, he's got to work on that for sure. I don't know how much he could sort of display that at the combine here. It sort of helps more in pro days and things like that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just Foskey has a ton of potential. So if he could continue to sort of flash those abilities with all the drills, like you said, the the bag drill where he showed the rips and you saw the spin moves and you're getting you to show your bend at the very end. And then you sort of hit the quarterback, the bait, the, quarterback bag or whatever it is right so it's like if he could show some of those skills those are things that are going to make scouts and GMs look at him and be like okay this is a thing that's like he's got a lot of potential it's like can we refine that so it's like I think there's a lot to like about Isaiah Foskey like I said because of the run you know being able to not get after the run defender that's sort of going to hinder him a little bit but regardless I think he could start his career as a situational pass rusher then as he's oh, playing with the team yeah exactly as he's playing with the team he could develop all those skills and he could eventually turn into a three down defender possibly because he's got the make and build like i said he's got the pedigree came from a big school i think he could really do it but yeah the combines really is where you're going to have to showcase all that athleticism and really prove that he could sort of take that next step and obviously remember it's not just drills at the combine too you're meeting with teams you're meeting with the media you have these interviews and psychological tests and all this stuff too so it's like that all plays a part of it, too. So it's like if you mm-hmm. can display yourself really well, that's going to help you in the long run. So Isaiah Foskey, I think he's going to have a good showing. I think he can sort of solidify that end of the day one sort of pick. Yeah,
1: we, we've we discussed this off show. I don't <laughs> love the, the the you know, low end day one pick. I, it wouldn't shock me because, I mean, once you get past pick, I don't know, 22, 23, it's a crapshoot. Because mm-hmm. uh, all the teams know it's just like, all right, there's a second round prospect we really like. We probably won't get him. Let's just take him in the first. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a mistake. To be totally honest, right now I have him slated as a late round two pick, and I think that's exactly where he belongs. Because, like you said, that he has a lot of natural athleticism there. Uh, I'm really glad you brought up the agility of skills because that is my biggest worry. I think that's why he struggles in the run game so much. Is his agility is just not that good. It's just like he's kind of stiff in the hips. He basically is like rip doesn't work. Bull rush doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And then he's stuck.
1: And yeah, that's exactly it. And like, I like said, it. he
0: needs to he needs to develop that sort of repertoire yeah. that he has as far as just like having alter alternative ways to sort of beat his one on one matchup and get into the backfield. So as soon as he can sort of develop that, that will automatically turn him into a better run defender. And obviously it'll help him a lot at getting at their quarterback as well
1: yeah so i i think you are absolutely correct though i think uh if he does really well at the combine he could sneak into the late first round that i i would definitely be like "Eh, don't love that pick uh (laughs) who did the patriots take who's the offensive lineman the patriots took last
0: year offensive lineman
1: i'm pretty sure they took an offensive lineman last year i'm blanking on that one all right i'll look that up while you you go first with your next pick while i look that up (laughs) but uh it's one of those picks where every year towards the end of the first round, there's a pick where you're like, really that guy and that this guy would not surprise me if he was that pick this year. So if he has a good performance, he could absolutely sneak in the first round. That wouldn't surprise me all that much.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Cause also remember that the combine is just the first step, then all the pro days start to happen. So it's not just the combine. He's got let to have me, a good pro day too, for sure.
1: Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of someone losing us losing stock because of a pro day?
0: Yeah, I I've actually Who? like not Who? significant. I mean, me not example. Signif- I I I can't name one off the top of my head, but I remember I said, Yeah, I've because it's never happened. <laughs> Like I said, it hasn't been significant, but just a lot of people started to like just add some more question marks to certain players. But overall, they're usually pretty positive. They're de- definitely do- set up to make a, it's player a dog look and good pony after. show. So it's like, yeah, exactly. it's
1: a dog and pony That's show. Yeah. Is it dog and pony show? Is that the saying?
0: Yeah. Dog and pony. Oh, thank God. Okay. I wasn't sure
1: <laughs> about that. Um, anyway, alright so I'm going to look up this pick. pick. Yeah, you you go. I'll I'm going to look up this pick. pick
0: here. So I'm going to shift to the offense here, and LAFB Network is going to be happy with this one. So I'm going to pick Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. So, Tad, I think it's pretty safe to say that Quentin Johnson is the clear-cut you, number one. It's the number one. Yeah, exactly. I know (laughs) you started jumping the gun here. Quentin Johnson is no doubt probably the best receiver in this wide receiver class. Um, I know there hasn't been a lot of buzz around him after the college football season ended, but there doesn't need to be because if you're already at the top of the mountain. What else is there for you to sort of talk about? He didn't play at any of the uh, college bowl games, you know, the collegiate bowl, the shrine bowl, the senior bowl. So it's like that's not obviously going to generate any buzz. So I think here now at the combine, he's going to be able to re-emphasize that, but – I think it's a real – because there hasn't been a lot of buzz, that possibly could affect him, and that's where Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, um, Jackson Smith and and Jigba, I'm hearing that he's possibly going to do some of the drills, like he's healthy to do that, so he could possibly make a name for himself here. But I'm going to stick with Jordan Addison here because there's no doubt that Addison is a great receiver. He's a game changer. He could do that at the next level here. But I think the big thing is just his build and his make is just – Unfortunately, not at a level that you would want a premier wide receiver to be. Comes in at six foot, 175 pounds, but he's projected to be by all the media pundits out there to be an excellent slot receiver. But there's another receiver that sort of had the same issue, but he's turning into a pretty big dynamic receiver in Philadelphia, and that's Devonte Smith. Tad, you want to know the difference in the make and build between Devonte Smith and Jordan Addison?
1: Uh, oh man, that's a good one. I'm gonna say, well. Huh. I'm gonna go with the safe bet first. Jordan Addison is heavier than Devontae Smith. Uh I'm gonna oh I'm gonna you stop you sh- there because you have you that shit grin on your face. <laughs> Damn it. I, said I could stop you right there because you're already wrong. Damn it. So
0: Devontae Smith huh, is he five looks pounds bigger. heavier. Uh, huh. Devontae Smith okay. is five pounds heavier. So I mean that's the only difference. They're both the same height. So I mean, coming into the NFL here, it's like, you know, I could see why some scouts and GMs are going to be worried about him but you landed the right offense exactly like Devontae Smith landed in Philadelphia where they traded I know they traded for AJ Brown later but it's like they set him up so he could sort of be that outside receiver to take the top off the defense he runs good routes so I mean it's like he had some great catches in the playoffs so it's like you pair him up with the premier receiver on the other side landing in the right offense these guys can do damage on the outside as well as in the slot which is where a lot of people are projecting them so you look at his college pedigree across three seasons in college, both with the University of Pittsburgh and USC, he averaged over 1,000 receiving yards and nearly 10 receiving touchdowns in three seasons in college. He won the Fred Bolitnikov Award in 2021, and he was a consensus, first team All-American that year as well. Um, one of the big things, though, and this just comes with this make and build, is just he sometimes struggled against more aggressive corners. They were able to sort of push him around, not let him get to his spots, not able to run the route the same way that he wanted to. Do. And the biggest thing that he needs to do at the next level, which is the same thing that Devontae Smith did, which is why he's five pounds heavier, put on a little bit of muscle so that you can sort of counteract yeah. those moves. And that also led to Jordan Addison not being as effective in the run blocking aspect. But that can come with a little bit of technique. You can sort of work around that sort of thing. Um, but honestly, he has – not if he has an impressive showing at the combine, he could shrink that gap between himself and Johnston. Possibly, like I mean if he really has good showing, like I mean – People will start to think about, oh, if we can get a Devontae Smith type clone receiver in our offense, maybe that's a guy we want to target over a prototypical wide receiver make and build in Quentin Johnson. So, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out that possibly a team may value Jordan Addison a little bit higher than QJ if Jordan Addison has a good showing at the combine and then obviously at the pro day. So this wide receiver position group is a little bit, you know, clustered right under Quentin Johnston, but depending on how the combine goes, that gap may shrink a lot.
1: Um, So would you say that Quentin Johnston is still the unquestioned
0: number one receiver in the draft? I haven't heard anything against it. So as of right now, you got to keep him at number one. Ah, uh, Man, I mean, I just, this,
1: this hurts. <laughs> this hurts coming from wearing this shirt, but I, I, I think I actually have to disagree with you. Okay, um, interesting. Okay. A, a lot of what I've been reading and everything is, it's not so much negative on Quentin Johnson. It's just nothing on him. Like, he just hasn't gained any momentum. Meanwhile, like you said, Najiba is apparently game healthier. So people are like, oh, maybe he's yeah. back in it. Because going back before the season, he was considered the, the top receiver going mm-hmm. into this draft mm-hmm. before he got hurt. So now that it seems that his health is progressing fairly nicely, people are like, okay okay he's back in it and like you said asin has that athleticism where if he does really well this weekend and does really well his pro day which of course he will because it's a pro day <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm getting worried about quinn johnson to be totally honest i'll i share the story with you but i'll share it with our listeners is uh right after the fiesta bowl way back in new year uh, how much can change in two months after the fiesta bowl uh one of my best friends texted me qj is going to be a top-time pick right and i said absolutely there's no way he's not like he is the unquestionable top receiver in this year's draft. But here's what I think is kind of hurting his stock. I told it was funny because my friends were yelling at me for this before the game. And I was like, I am worried this will happen. And exactly this happened. I was like, he is facing pro talent against Georgia. He has to do well. Do you want to know his stat line against Georgia?
0: It's pretty insignificant because do you want to really guess great. his stat line against Georgia. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe two catches for 11 yards. One catch for three yards. One catch for three yards. Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: So I think that's why we're not hearing a bunch about him because we know he's still a physical good deep threat. But I think that Johnson – Lacks that top end speed that makes him a true like NFL deep threat. I'm not saying that Johnson's going to be a bust. Before any of my friends listen to this and start texting me that I'm a Judas yet again, I think Johnson <laughs> deserves to be in the first round. I think he will be the most successful TCU receiver in NFL history. I really do believe that. Not the that stall bar to clear, but still, yeah. Um. Sh- Jalen Rager, but um, <laughs> Josh Dawson, <I>, anyone? <laughs> I, shush, shush, we do not speak his name, but anyway, guy, you use he, he is, uh, he's still, probably, still probably is my favorite TCU
0: player of all time. Um, I had high hopes for him actually because he got I drafted in Washington but, yeah. and he looked good to start his career. I was like, okay, this is a good is guy, it's gonna be so cool, he yeah. Just
1: fell off but I, I, I think QJ actually will have a long, successful NFL career. I'm just not sure if he belongs as a top receiver in this year's draft. Jordan Addison's a totally different monster because you can just tell that athleticism is so dynamic and just you can do so much more things with Addison than you can with Johnson. And that's just the objective truth. And so I, I uh, remind me of your comparison.
0: Uh, Devontae Smith for Jordan Addison.
1: Devontae, okay, great. I have another. That's why I wanted you to remind me because I, <laughs> I it, it's a very similar comparison for me. It's a slightly slightly slower Calvin really. Sure. Just tall athletic receivers that you can use in many ways. So if Asin does well now, here's the thing is his speed while good before these LAF people also start yelling. I'm just taking fire from all sides here after exactly. this episode uh, before they yell I mean, I'm not saying he's slow. I'm just saying he kind of lacks that like really, really good speed that you should look for. But if he can get that 40 time within the oh, it's over. It's again. Let's bring back the Vince Carter thing. It's over. Like he is the first receiver off the board without a doubt. Um, but if his 40 time is a little slower than people think, like a low four or five, things start getting a little interesting there. Can Jigba, you know, sneak up in there? Can Quinn Johnson keep his spot there? Uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. A lot of the receiver rankings depend on what happens this weekend. So that's an excellent pick. God, I hope Quinn Johnson does not become a Houston Texan.
0: <laughs> and it's not this Please weekend. Please do It's next weekend. At next all. weekend. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, And for me, like I said, and then we'll just close it out here, get into your pick. It's just that I'm only saying that Quentin Johnson's number one right now is because – while there hasn't been a lot of news around him, it's like, you could also throw in the fact that it's like, no news is good news where it's like, you know, there hasn't been a lot to challenge him. I
1: don't think that's the case of the draft. He
0: struggled overall in that game. So it's like, there's hard for Quentin Johnson to sort of separate himself anyways. Like Georgia was getting after Max Duggan. So there's not much that he could do as far as timing to get the throw out. Right. So it's like, it's not all on QJ against a good Georgia.
1: It's not, no, no, I'm not putting it all on QJ either. I'm not, but it's, it's one of those things where, okay, Kai, uh, uh Ke- Keely Ringo is, you know, a potential first rounder. Yeah. So it's a first round receiver against a first round cornerback. And he just he couldn't do much against him. And if I'm gonna yeah. scout, I'm like, that's a little bit worried. I'm not saying that it's the end all like, all right, we're not drafting this guy. He's off our board. to, you know, take that magnet off. Like, throw in the track. Like, no, of course no one's doing that, but it is cause for concern. And scouts overthink this stuff, dude. Like, that's a whole I, I really think they should shorten the draft season because it just gives people time to like way overthink stuff.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think the Combine's going to be a really good separation factor for a lot of these position groups for sure. So let's get into your pick here, Tad. Who do you got as another guy who can either help their stock, improve their stock, cement their stock, whatever it is at the Combine? All
1: right, well, real quick, it was Cole Strange.
0: Cole Strange, yeah, yeah.
1: Cole Strange at Chattanooga. I remember mm-hmm. that because we were all like, who the hell is that? That That's one of those panic picks where are like, notes, notes, where my notes? And you're like, damn it! um but yeah so it's like it, that type of pick at the end of the first round happens all the time um but going into my pick by the way is uh it is funny because i'm not gonna lie i did not hear about this guy until about a week and a half ago when i really started doing my research uh into like some of the more underrated so i kind of work backwards when I do my scouting, I go from, like, low-end, uh, low-round prospects, so 7th, 6th, 5th. And then by the time the draft gets closer, then I start getting a first. Because by then, you pretty much know all you need to know about, like, who's going the first. And, like, it's pretty easy to scout those guys. Um, and this is Dwayne McBride, the running back at a UAB. So I even look up his stats. Very rarely do I look up guys' stats because that can kind of, you know, mess with your viewpoint of them. So I always look at their tape first, their stats second. I watched his tape. I was like, I love this guy. He has good speed, not great speed, admittedly, and we'll get into that. Good speed. I love like what a balanced running back he is. He has, he can, you know, be a home run hitter, but he also has enough uh, finesse. Yes, that word is coming back to be like, you know, he, he's not a true trucker like Derrick Henry, which is obviously a tall bar, but he can get you those tough yards when needed. And then he also just has great, you know, uh, just, you can just tell he's a smart player. Um, Then I decided to look up his stats. Amir, are you aware of this guy's junior year stats? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Last year, this past season, he rushed for 1,700 yards, seven yards a carry, and 19 touchdowns. I don't impressive. care what, I don't care what level, well, you could sound a little bit more impressed then, but <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't I think for care. me,
0: it's I, like, you see a lot of these college prospects that go to a smaller school and no, they sort of no, have inflated no, no. stats. They sort of have inflated no, no, stats. No, no. Look like at you Jared Patterson out of
1: Buffalo. I don't care, dude. Like <laughs> you put up that much production, you have promise. Oh no, so hundred percent. I don't your, think he does it. I'm just saying right, that's just like, okay. That's fair. That's well, why they have I'm a stats. But what I'm saying is, even if there are examples of him doing that, there are also plenty of examples. Bailey Zappi put up, like, what, like, 55 touchdowns? And he's better than Mac Jones. Yeah. Like, that's a fair – it's a fair argument on both sides. But what I'm saying is this dude clearly has skill. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really think that if he can prove himself at the Combine – and I'm going to get into some more stats in a bit. That's what every great podcast listener wants is stats. But anyway. So let me get into wh- what those are. Apparently, he can bench 385 pounds.
0: See, now that's where you're going to wow me. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah.
1: 385 pounds. I read that from one source, and I'm like, there is no way that's true. And I kept looking it up. Apparently, that is true. And he can squat 550.
0: There you go. There you go. I remember, those are do, impressive. You know how
1: much they, do you know how much they bench at the Combine? No
0: idea. 225. Right, right, and it's more about reps as opposed to the weight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, what do you want to bet that this guy finishes first among running backs with reps? Yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible. The only thing that worries I me about is you that if count, you got to lose
0: one of they count. What do you want to bet? They count full backs as part of the running backs, though. That's where he could possibly get lost. Mm, yeah. Shit. that's, All right, that's never mind. Never mind. Bet, bet's a scrub. <laughs> bet that's a scrub. Never mind. So anyway,
1: my entire point is this guy is a physical freak. Now, one of the, th- the there are two concerns with them. One. His speed is good. I'm not saying he's a slow running back, but when you watch him, he just doesn't quite have that like full home run ability uh, that you would like to see with a guy that runs with his style. Um, so I think if he finishes in the four or five range, that concern will be kind of quelled out What worries me is every year you have that guy that finishes a little bit below what people expect. So this is, again, this is why I, I, I don't want to say I don't like the combine, but people overanalyze the combine. If he lands in four or five, Oh my God. Okay. He is fast. We're good. If he lands at four, six, I uh, know he is kind of slow. It's a 10th of a second. Like, it's, yeah, uh, whatever. But anyway, uh, the real thing I'll be looking out for. So, oh man, this isn't really fair to you, but screw it, I'll do it over under seven catches. He's had this season. Probably under. Well, you're definitely correct
0: there. Cause he's only had five catches in the last two seasons. Yeah, with those numbers that she sort of gave me for his rushing statistics, I was like, this guy's not a pass catcher
1: well that's the problem though is no one knows
0: we just don't know
1: yeah you can, you can see seasons, this it's like, because yeah, they'll run exactly the drills right.
0: and you can sort of see the hands that he displays and i think exactly. the receivers run the gauntlet too so it's like i think that's something you can sort backs, of see yeah, that's yeah, like the he has the ability
1: the, yeah the running backs in case you're wondering what the gauntlet is if you're watching on video it's when they run down uh, uh horizontally uh down the field and they catch the ball throw it away catch the ball throw it away i don't really love that drill to be perfectly honest but it is a good showing of like oh how well can you catch so receiving drills are a huge part of this guy's stock so he can prove himself as a receiver he can prove himself as a speedster if he does well if he excels in both areas this guy could play himself from what is currently projected as anywhere from a fourth to sixth round prospect to a solid third round prospect this guy could honestly, it wouldn't even shock me because second round running backs seem to be in high. Second round running backs are like first round quarterbacks. It seems yep. like of like we're not going to take this guy in the first, but the second that the sec, second round comes around and their you know paycheck dips a little bit, oh, we're there's a run. So it really smooth, wouldn't yeah. shock me. Yeah, it really wouldn't shock me with a good uh, uh combine performance if he does play himself all the way into the second round. Because I'm telling you, man, watch this guy's tape. We'll talk about him. I. I'm going to lose it when he get drafted on draft day. So be sure to watch our live stream for that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so Dwayne McBride, I got a lot of hope for him too. I've seen a lot of great promise from what I've seen on tape as well. So, yeah, wouldn't shock me if he ends up slipping into the second round for sure. So, those are just a handful of guys that we want to highlight as far as guys that can help their stock when it comes to the combine. There's a lot of great content that we're going to get to. Obviously, once the combine is done, we'll cover our analysis as far as who helped themselves, who hurt themselves. We got a lot of other great content. We're going to do some mock drafts. We got some strategy planned with some teams with multiple first round picks. Like, I mean, we got a lot of great content on the horizon and the best way you can find out about all that content that's happening subscribe or listen to your what where subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast whether that's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you can listen right on the LEFB network website ton of options out there just hit that subscribe button always be up to date with our podcast and if you're watching us on youtube just hit subscribe we got our own individual youtube channel now we also still have our playlist on the LEFB networks youtube channel so subscribe at both places You'll always be up to date with all that's happening with the youtube and perfect timing you see the ticker down below you see all of our names coming up you can see our handles on twitter you got my personal handle i'm inside 23 you got tads at Tad side 94 you got the show handle at the decide guys and of course we're on instagram at the decide guys as well so make sure you interact with us this entire draft season free agencies right around the corner we'd love to hear your destination picks for some of these free agents that are out there Um the franchise deadline is going to be happening the franchise tag deadline excuse me i should say specifically that's going to be around the corner pretty soon who's going to get tagged who's not going to get tagged that's going to be very interesting so So interact with us. We want to hear from you about draft stuff, NFL stuff, even non-NFL stuff or non-sports stuff, too. We'd love to hear about you from anything.
1: We talked baseball with Chauncey for at least 20 minutes last night. It's true. We can talk baseball, basketball. In case you're wondering about my double dip on the Vince Carter thing, I've been watching a lot of dunk (laughs) contests replaced. So it's kind of like stuck in
0: my mind. There's an off podcast discussion between Tad and his friends about what was the best dunk of all time. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about the best dunk of all time. Yes, that's a good point. (laughs)
1: Send send us a gif. You know what? You know what? I'll do that on Twitter sometime this weekend. Send us a gif of your favorite dunk of all time. Not just dunk contests of all time. Dunk of all time. I like that idea. We're
0: gonna do that. So guys, guys who's already interacted with us, people who are watching, who are listening. I mean, just anything and everything, guys. We really can't thank you enough.
1: And as always, thank you so much for listening. Now, Amir, you did mention something about, I don't know, my two favorite words. What are my two favorite words? (laughs) Mock draft. Mock draft, baby! Let's go! What is our next (laughs) mock draft dropping? You tell me. (laughs) Well, I would love to because our first top 10 NFL mock draft is dropping in just a couple days. So be sure to keep your eyes out for that and ears. Because I am so excited for this, guys. It is my favorite time of the year. It is Christmas in February. That's the saying, right? Yeah. Well, it is for draft nerds. So, it is Christmas in February. Our first NFL mock draft top 10 picks are landing in just a couple days. So, be sure to look out. We have awesome graphics. I've already seen a little preview from Murr that is dropping in just at least 72 hours from now so be sure to keep your ears and eyes out for that uh unfortunately we're not doing any trades this time but trust us we got a lot more coming that way so it'll happen it'll happen Yes. so any you know who knows some of the prospects we talked about tonight could end up on that list so be sure to check that out as well so as always everyone thank you so much for listening keep tuning in for great draft news and please stay safe everyone